Taste it. Hey, what's on your plate? Is it good? Is it great? Come on, don't hesitate. Sit on down with the Unbuja Food Aid. When you're cooking at home, wanna set the right tone? Just pick up the phone. Sit on down with the Unbuja Food Aid. This is Wesley Wright, your unbougie foodie. Thank you so, so much for tuning in. As always, I'm hoping that you are having your cup of coffee, sitting down. (laughs) I had cereal this morning. I'm a cereal freak. I can't help it. I think you all know that about me by now. But uh, again, I want to thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule. I know you're planning your day, but just sitting down with me for you know an hour and we'll talk about some food topics hopefully some stuff that you really like uh, ones that I enjoy as well but first and foremost uh, let me give you the telephone number to the radio station because I would love to uh, have you call in with your comments suggestions questions um, yeah so that telephone number is 651-200-3479 once again, 651-200-3479. Feel free to give me a call here at the radio station. Um, you know, if you on any of the subjects that you might hear me talk about or mention, or again, if you would like to actually share maybe a new place um, that is in your neighborhood, <laughs> be nice. This is uh, this is the month of love, right? <laughs> um, Okay, well, yeah, fine, Valentine's Day passed, whatever, but it's still supposed to be kind of like a sharing opportunity for (laughs) folks that really enjoy listening to the show. Um, Again, as I've always said, this is a show for the community, Uh, so I share this information with you, and hopefully you feel comfortable to share maybe a new spot um, that you'd like maybe some friends to know about, or to maybe hear my viewpoint on it anyway again uh here's that opportunity for you to do so so you could all always contact the show and again comments questions suggestions so open again 651-200-3479 let me also give you social media information as well uh, if you're interested in finding out what i've been doing uh, in reference to food or just projects um feel free to visit my facebook page which is the unbougie foodie also there is instagram which is the underscore unbougie foodie twitter is at unbougie and then let's just say you have questions that you want to take off air um you could always leave me definitely a message on facebook but also my email address is the unbougie foodie at gmail.com and again i'm that could be an open conversation. You know, I love having conversations with uh, with audience listeners or 
those that support the show. So if you feel that maybe you don't want to call in, you want to send an email, trust me when I tell you that I will answer each and every one of your emails. Um, I do. I will. <laughs> so again, thank you so much. Um, yeah, for your support. Uh, also, I don't want to forget at the top of the, the show, internet users, thank you so much again for your support as well. And if you are not locally in the area and you're trying to figure out, okay, well, how do I listen? You can always go to www.tunein.com and search for WEQY and listen to my show as well as many others. Um, streaming live. Uh, if you're on your mobile app or mobile phone or other mobile devices, just download the TuneIn app. And again, look for WEQY and you'll be able to stream the show live. And remember, you can also, again, ask questions. It It is a live show. So you will have an opportunity to, <laughs> I remember my sister saying that you could kind of hear yourself too. Just it's on a little bit of a delay. Not really, but um, you could back up when you're on the TuneIn app. So anyway, uh, those are the, your options. But let's start the show. Beginning with what's happening like right now it started at 10 o'clock if you are in the st paul area specifically at or in lower town uh market house collaborative is actually having or hosting uh, i should say octo bar is octo fish bar is actually hosting el norte kitchen uh at market house collaborative and it's an event that's actually going on right now um chef ben allen uh, is you know leading this charge um, at uh, El Norte Kitchen. Um, it is currently going on right now, again, from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. And again, I mentioned that because, you know, it started, so I don't want you to miss it. So if you're interested in going, Octo Fish Bar is located at 289 5th Street East, and that's in St. Paul, um, uh, St. Paul, Minnesota, 55101. So just in, in case you're, you're interested, you could definitely uh, take a visit and find out more. I hear and that the food is amazing at El Norte Kitchen. Admittedly, although I've talked about it in the past, I've not had the opportunity to go. So hopefully, I do think I've seen one or two friends indicated that they are going. So hopefully I might be able to get some feedback from them um, about this event that's actually going on. Again, keep in mind it's at uh, Octo Fish Bar uh, in the Market House Collaborative. Um, and you know, that's kind of like a, a, a small, I won't even say small, it's a, I'll say a more of a neighborhood type of food hall. Months back, probably a, a year and a half or something, talked about the sizes of, of food halls. Um, because of the size of this particular food hall, it's most likely referred to as a neighborhood food hall um, because, you know, individuals from the neighborhood are able to just simply walk one another five, ten minutes from their home to actually get to this this food hall. And we say it's a food hall because there are various other food companies or restaurants, if you would, that are in this collaborative. Um, and how awesome that it is called a collaborative because there are between these different restaurants that are there um, you'll have octo fish bar that will sell um, fresh fish or seafood and then 
also be mentioning that and also be talking or excuse me also be going to uh, various other um, restaurants what is it I don't want to mess that up because there's Peterson Mee's Almanac I'm thinking of Almanac too um, it's almost like they cross <laughs> they collaborate with one another you could order meat at Peterson and then go out to Almanac and have them do that or go to Octo Fish Bar and Almanac will actually cook that fish so it's a very unique um, scenario especially for the neighborhood um, and so El Norte they are a pop-up shop so they're not an actual brick-and-mortar restaurant but uh, you know chef Ben Allen has been doing this for quite some time and this pop-up shop opportunity uh, to be at uh, Octo Fish Bar uh, you know as they has he's called it El Norte Kitchen at Market House uh, it's a great event uh, that I would encourage you to go to again I've heard that the food is really really good um, the descriptions of dishes that uh, they've mentioned uh, were really, really awesome. So I want to encourage you, here's an event that you could actually go to. Here's an event that you could actually go to and really enjoy. Uh, and it's it's right in downtown St. Paul, Lower Town specifically. So once again, Octo Fish Bar is located at 289 Fifth Street East. Uh, again, that's St. Paul, Minnesota, 55101. Uh, to find out more about El Norte Kitchen just overall, they do have a Facebook page. And so uh, if you'd like, you could always visit their Facebook page, leave them a message, uh, find out uh, more about them. Um, and it's just you know, on Facebook at El Norte Kitchen. So E-L-N-O-R-T-E Kitchen. Yeah, you'll find out a whole lot more about them. You know, last week, you know, I talked about uh, taste, the taste of waste, or taste the waste, with Chef Michelle and many other chefs that were at this event, or it was probably, yeah, I didn't get a chance to go because of the wretched snowstorm that we had, and I don't have a truck <laughs> to drive in the the tundra <laughs> that we call minnesota or just i'll say minneapolis from st paul over to minneapolis anyway i missed out totally understand from what i understand the food was amazing um but there is an organization or i don't want to even say an organization there is an opportunity to handle that same situation of food waste and I want to mention that City Pages actually uh, mentioned about this organization, and it's going to be, I, it's in South Minneapolis. Uh, yes, yeah, in South Minneapolis, and it used to be. I don't know what. I can't remember what. Um, restaurant if it was a restaurant I'm, it may not have been I'm thinking of another article but it's still this is still um, in reference to wow interesting um, <laughs> there is a, a, 
I want to just say a market. Let's just leave it at market. It's called Tear Market. It's going to be the first waste-free grocer in the state um, and really one only in the country. Um, I was looking at some comments and they did mention that, you know, co-ops uh, like Seward uh, and, and many other co-ops kind of already have this process, but I'm not really. Because when you look at the what what tar what tear um, market is actually going to do, it, it's going to be very different. Um, here, it's there are other organizations, and I'm just using them as an example. Uh, Urban Forager, they are a cider house, if you would, but there are they go out at times and what some might be considered just scraps uh and items that like are you we're really not going to use this um it they may have even been discarded or they've been contacted and stated hey you know we're about to throw these out would you guys want them they actually use those scraps to uh, make ciders and simple syrups so that's just an example but here taking on food justice here in the Twin Cities, this market, Terra Market, uh, as I mentioned, is going to be a waste-free. It's actually going to be uh, located at 2717 East 38th Street. Uh, and they do have a website, uh, the Terra Market, um, T-H-E-T-A-R-E market.com. So if you wanna find out a little bit more about them, and find out what their what their concept is going to be about. But here, you know, it, they mentioned that the founders they are really looking to take on the zero waste um, issue uh, and focusing more on that. They have that lifestyle um, themselves. They have blogs that talk about zero waste, and I like their blog name, zerowish.com. Excuse me, zerowish.org and zerowasted.net. Um, you know, if you're interested, you could definitely visit those, um, you know, to talk as it may talk more about living a, a plastic free life, um, using uh, just not wasting things, uh, and not just produce, but how they look at, uh, life overall. So one of the things, the concept, concept of the market is they're going to have bulk um, selections. Um, I believe they mentioned it's going to be uh, shelf staples. Um, the tongue tied shelf stable staples like flour, pasta, um, oats, coffee, and so forth. Um, you'll be able to basically bring your own containers, and you're wondering, okay. How is that really going to work? What the only way is to really just find out about them <laughs> and and to do a little bit more. But specifically, they mentioned that it's going to be uh, BYO. <laughs> I love that BYO cloth bags, jars, other reusable vessels or containers. Um, but they also have some that you can borrow and then return to the store as well. So I think it's gonna be a really great concept. I, I would love to find out um, myself more about it and maybe go to an event um, where they're gonna be talking about it and 
I believe they mentioned that they're going to have a pop-up class or a few classes uh, or they've had one was called zero waste grocery shopping and cut the clutter minimalism minimalism for your busy life um, and apparently people are have been going to these for quite some time they're really looking at natural environments and wanting to fight climate change and really just making a difference for our environment or for planet earth you know but more so also for our communities as well uh the question does come up though you know you is it going to be less than some other places in dollar amount uh, I think that's you'd have to probably wait to see how that's actually going to work out um, but they do mention that you know the ingredients um, they're going to be sourced sustainably um, any type of harmful ingredients or items that would use any harmful ingredients are actually going to be avoided and workers are going to be paid uh, you know a fair wage Things are going to be sourced locally and whenever possible it's minnesota vendors are, and are going to be involved and providing a whole lot of other um, items um, you know plastic free uh, sh just as an example shampoos conditioners and so on so again it's not just that uh, we're talking about food, you know, even though, again, this is a food show, <laughs> as I mentioned, um, but they're doing it overall. So containers, how you're actually transporting your food back and forth, all of that is what they're considering uh, because it's, again, that zero waste uh, focus that they have. And interestingly enough they have uh some pop-ups that are currently actually that are going to be happening really really soon today is the 16th uh tear market pop-up is actually going to be at keg and case market that's going to be on february 23rd so again if you're interested in probably reducing uh your as they call it their trashy footprint but you know carbon footprint you know Focusing more on again, um, not waste, not wasting food or zero waste. That is one of the pop-ups that they are going to be having again at Keg and Case, uh, February twenty-third, and then they're also going to be having another one uh, February twenty-fourth, next day, uh, at Tattersall Distilling. So keep those those dates in mind. Those will give you an opportunity to hey find out more about zero waste. You know, it's been a topic that uh, I know I've mentioned it and probably I, I, on my own, I've looked into it and just trying to figure out how can I be better with it or, or anything. But then also having conversations with uh, individuals such as um, Chef um, Lachelle Cunningham, um, how creative um, she is in using items that are still within your, within uh, the, 
within her uh, refrigeration or frid uh, that might seem to be a, a bit past what some might feel is usable. <laughs> Not to the level of rotten, no. <laughs> but, you know, sometimes you have vegetables that already look a little wilted or there might be some soft spots on, on vegetation or, pro, or produce that's within your um, your refrigeration that you probably thought, okay, I'll get to it, and then you don't. Week later, it's still there, and you're like, oh crap, what, what am I gonna do? I'm just gonna throw it away. No, that's not what they're encouraging or focusing on. Use that, find something. If that's the case, make something. Um, I was just recently over her house, um, or in her company, I should say, and <laughs> she was doing kind of like a taste the waste type of um house uh meal <laughs> and it was a wonderful hash of all these various vegetables that she had within her 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 uh, refrigerator refrigerator uh, and it it tasted like just a dish that you could go to a restaurant and the flavors are just wonderful and it, it was very simple. There wasn't anything seriously extra that she did other than cutting them up and making sure that they were cooked uh, just appropriately based upon the different type of veg vegetables that she had available. But I'm quite sure that not only her, but there are many other um, organizations that are looking to go that route of zero waste or Kind of managing and focusing more on not wasting food what can we repurpose uh, we've used we've cut up an onion it's probably in our refrigeration you know are we going to throw that away we could probably use that in a different dish you'll probably find that at restaurants that do i believe scratch cooking um, where they don't they really don't have time to or money to actually waste any type of uh, foods or foodstuffs that they have um, that they purchased for their restaurant. Um, they are going to use every opportunity they have to use that to the fullest without wasting. So again, it is on the topic or is on the subjects and um, minds of, of, of folks. They are focusing more on it and it's in line with, you know, food justice. Sometimes um, when you look at it, you're thinking, okay, this is, this may only be for those that are a little sedity. <laughs> oh, they could be that creative or whatnot. It's like, no, it, it could be for any community, uh, no matter what economical class. Um, it shouldn't, and it really shouldn't just be specific to, oh, we're going to do this specifically for this community, you know, because those other economical higher economical communities or uh, individuals they could afford to go buy new or buy not have to worry about um yeah we'll go buy you know more bell peppers you know these don't look too good or whatever or they've been in here a little bit a day longer than i want them so i don't need these um let those other communities worry about it no it that really is not how it should be uh, and I think that's also where food justice comes into play because everyone really needs to take this into consideration and food justice um, in a roundabout way 
is in reference to having the ability for anyone to have the ability to have access to, to food and food that's nutritious uh, within their communities uh, to be able to utilize that food resourcefully, sustainably, uh, and know that, okay, find ways of being able to use it uh, without wasting it. So, yeah, I didn't think that it was going to be that food justice had that involvement. But, uh, yeah, found out that it does. And it affects each and every one of us as well. So, no matter what economical, economical class that we are in, um, it really is left up to us to make those steps to focus more on um, zero waste. Uh, remember, I think it was a couple of weeks ago I mentioned about the dollar amount that just within the U.S. alone, um, $165 billion uh, wasted in food. And that's, again, just the U.S., $165 billion. Billion. Folks are trying to build a what? No, I'm sorry. <laughs> 165 billion and then remember 519 uh, tons is it 519 tons yeah I believe it's 519 tons of food uh, within Minnesota alone just within the state so yeah uh, we have to do we each have to do our part I hope that, uh, you know, if you've had not had an opportunity to listen to the show, uh, please feel free to tune in. Uh, again, you have that uh, the chance to listen to the show or streaming it live, uh, which is by going to the TuneIn app uh, or by going on to your computer, www.tunein.com. That's T-U-N-E-I-N.com. And then searching for W-E-Q-Y. Uh, right now, you will actually be able to hear myself, the Unbougie Foodie, uh, and listen to my show each and every week <laughs> right at 10 a.m. Uh, I want to thank those that do uh, follow me on Facebook. Uh, remember that you can always contact me with questions, um, maybe an idea of where to find. Someone asked me, uh, where can I take my girlfriend uh, to eat? Um, Valentine's Day is coming up. and. Uh, I <laughs> it was I was at an interview, <laughs> and uh, they were giving me a tour of a facility, and it kind of threw me for a minute because I was in interview mode. I wasn't in the unbougie <laughs> unbougie foodie mode at the moment, so I didn't have a, a quick <laughs> response because my mind didn't switch too quickly. <laughs> I promised I would get back to him, but um, hopefully they found you know, someplace wonderful where they uh, were able to enjoy a wonderful evening. But it's, even though that was, a, I guess, a fluke issue of moments, just know that there are uh, times where I am so willing and able to provide you with maybe a suggestion on where to go, where's a good place to go. There are some friends that have mentioned, hey, you know, what's that spot that you talked about over on in St. Paul or you know, where can I get some oxtails or where do you think is a great place to go get some either some sushi or some wings or, or whatnot? <laughs> what about a great taco place? Yeah. 
I can help with some of those. So if you're ever interested, um, definitely feel free to give me a call here at the radio station. 651-200-3479. Again, 651-200-3479. I wanted to move into, um, we know, hello, we're two days past, uh, we're two days past, uh, um, what is it? What is it? What is it? Valentine's Day. Um, but more importantly, we're in the month of February. It is Black History Month. And I want to make the most of celebrating folks of melanin. And I noticed from an article that just doing research last week, there was, and I'm connecting the two in reference to Valentine's Day, you know, with chocolate and so forth. Anyway, and Black History Month. Specifically, there was an article that says seven, that talked about seven black-owned chocolate brands. And I was like, what? <laughs> uh, yeah. I was not familiar uh, with them at all was not familiar not familiar and I said wait I have to I definitely have to look into this a little bit more so the article was from I guess a publication called shopblack.us uh, and I'll spell that s-h-o-p-p-e-b-l-a-c-k dot u-s um, and again, specifically, it had an article of seven black-owned chocolate brands. And when I, I want to talk about those because, I don't know, we just never really, we hear, and no knock on them because, hello, I used to work for Godiva. But you hear of the major chocolate companies or whatever that are in, that are in stores. What of, I personally have never had an opportunity to meet uh, or interview or maybe even taste uh, a black owned chocolate company or you know black chocolatiers that's what I'm trying to say so that article I will go I want to talk about a few of those and it's just reminding me of these wonderful pieces of art uh, edible art. I mean, gosh, this first one, I believe the name is called the chocolate. And I'm hoping I pronounced that correctly, but yeah, you could purchase them online. They have various, they have a, a website. They, you know, talk about their story, um, of course, and how really you know, it, it really started from their great-grandmother, great-great-grandmother. Um, that person owned a, a cocoa plantation in um, Ashanti and western regions of Ghana. And so it, it began there. Uh, if you're wanting to find out more information about them, definitely, and this is interesting because, you know, they are apparently in the UK. But... It is thepawchocolate.co.uk. And again, I'll spell that because I know that it's probably not coming across as 
how it's spelled, but it's D-A-P-A-A-H-C-O-C-H-O-C-O-L-A-T-E-S dot C-O dot U-K. So the pawchocolates dot com or dot co dot U-K. I'll get it right. Um, and they just have, I mean, it's a, it's a small collection, but yeah, I mean, they've got milk chocolate, white, um, you know, and dark and what more at times, what more do you actually need? You know, these are, they're chocolate bars. They not only offer them individually or but they also have a collection of all three of those white dark a white milk and dark um i don't know i i can't say that i have ever tasted chocolate from the uk but it would be very interesting to find out what that might taste like because some chocolates you know based upon if it's belgian if it's swedish there are so many different uh, styles. Uh, how it's actually how it's actually made. How the chocolate is actually made. What are the ingredients that they actually use in chocolate, uh, or the specific styles of chocolate? Some really like to put maybe some spices or more fruit essences uh, in in chocolate. I was reminded, I will go back to that article in just a moment, but it just reminds me of, I was here in Minnesota and I went to, I believe it was um, Larry Hill uh, Meats and they had chocolate there from from Belize or, and I, I, I was like, okay, this really can't be the same type of chocolate. And man, sure enough, and I only say that because, you know, my grandmother and my grandfather, when they came from Belize um, to visit us in the United States, uh, specifically my, on my mother's side, that is, um, maternal grandpa, um, grandmother and grandfather, they brought chocolate. And the flavor uh, was so rich and it had a very distinct, very distinct um, taste, very different from that of uh, let's just say your your standard Hershey, and even at that time, I didn't know anything about Godiva, and if I did, I probably thought it was way too out of my price range anyway, because I was really I was a teenager. Um, I think ones that I thought were expensive were uh, what Lindt, uh, Hershey, <laughs> you know, and there are so many others. But again, I just go back to you know these various countries. Or places where chocolates are made, um, maybe some some have cocoa nibs in them. Um, others again have uh, a specific spice. Uh, others a specific um, uh, fruit essence. So the different designs that they'll put on it, and on top of that, there might be a ganache. So many different um, styles that are available. So. Um, I just want to mention that chocolate, it may not be, but chocolate is, okay, I'm just going to say it. Chocolate can be an aphrodisiac. 
Africa can be an aphrodisiac. Sorry, there's a mic issue. <laughs> All right, so that was the pause. Let me go on with these others. I was distracted by talking about chocolate for just a brief moment. Okay, another one is, uh, I'm going to pronounce this the best way that I know how. <laughs> Medunu chocolates. Uh, Madunu Chocolates, uh, their story, it's African-inspired. Uh, and, gosh, I wish you could see, I wish you could see uh, the different um, type of flavors. And here they have truffles that are, they're artisanal. You know, they're handcrafted. Uh, they use these different and uh, like I mentioned here this all of these different infusions fruits spices coffee teas um, tisanes. Uh I love how they describe it as it embodies a perfect patchwork of Africa's culinary heritage um, again that is Medunu chocolates.com. Medunu, M I D U N U chocolates.com. And definitely visit, I would encourage you to visit um, their website or just to visit them um, so that you could find out more. I mean, it gives a story of the actual chocolatier. Her name is, oh wow. I want to, I want to be respectful and talk about this this chocolatier. Her name, I believe, is um, Selassie uh, Atadika. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Oh my goodness, I I would love to give ask her to or somebody to correct me or tell me if I said that correctly. Um, anyway, if anybody knows the chocolatier for Madunu uh, chocolates, uh, please tell her to get in contact with Yambuji Foodie and uh, <laughs> help me understand or help me pronounce her name. I mean that respectfully. Honestly, though, I mean, I don't think folks understand about the importance of a good chocolatier, how they're able to mix certain uh, ingredients together to come with an infusion of chocolate um, and these various tastes um, and styles. So there's another one that we have there. Again, for Black History Month, y'all. Yeah. So I'm, I'm trying to, I'm look, going through these. And Pure Chocolate by Jinji is another. Pure Chocolate by Jinji. And here it says, the best chocolate in Baltimore. So Baltimore, Maryland, we're getting closer to home, Jinji. Uh, the founder, um, it was founded in 2012 by Jinji Frazier and her father. Uh, they actually have a high sensitivity to farmers that grow and harvest. <laughs> and harvesting. Uh, the type of cacao for their chocolate, you know, and it talks about fruits. It talks about how local they are and seasonal, the ingredients uh, and 
you know, paying tribute to the type of storytelling, specifically through the art of chocolate that they have. Um, they talk about the complexities and uh, all the memories that it brings back when they actually create this chocolate as well. So here you have another one that is gingychocolate.com and they're in Baltimore, Maryland, folks. Uh, the article talks about them being a historical Belvedere um, Square market. So, you know, and I have an address for them too as well. It, you know, for those of you that are listening worldwide, you have that opportunity to visit these places too. So here, um, one, here's one that we've come across in the U.S., Baltimore, Maryland, 529 East Belvedere Avenue. That's in Baltimore, Maryland, 21212. Um, so gingychocolate.com. Wouldn't it be just awesome if you had the chance to kind of like have each one of these and have a story or listen to the stories behind them, uh, understanding the the history of how they came up with their type of flavor or their style um, for you know their chocolate. Um, Gosh, I feel like I need to do that now today. <laughs> uh, and having maybe a, a really nice a, a variety of different vinos, <laughs> uh, adult grape beverages <laughs> in bottles. It, I'm talking about wine. Wine and chocolate always go great together. And you can't go wrong when you have, uh, let's just say, a, a, a flight of maybe of some chocolate, really great chocolate. And I feel like I need to go to a chocolatier today and to go and experience all these different chocolates with uh, the wine pairings. It's in my head and I'm talking about chocolate and I feel that I need to do that. But let's go on with the others. Here's another one. Three some chocolate. Uh, three, the number three. I'm not saying the other it's the number three, some chocolate. You know, just if you're curious. Uh, here, yeah, you'll have to, I, these are more, oh, alcoholic beverage infused truffles and chocolates and confections. Uh, but gosh, they have some wonderful selections. They have one that's called Ruby and White Chocolate Red Velvet Crunch Bar. Um, yes. Uh, yes. Uh, here's one that's, it's called New Jerk Chocolate Bites. I've never heard of this. And so we have to actually see. Well, dang it. Anyway. Uh, they describe it says that these chocolates they're handcrafted they're made with 70 percent not dark chocolate smooth milk chocolate creamy white chocolate and um a caramel infused water um center uh with a hint of grandma's favorite uh jamaican jerk spice can has anyone ever had something like that and do you see why i said that chocolate is so I, i'll say versatile i didn't say that before but i'm saying it now chocolate is so versatile because knowing to pair it with a certain type of spice will elevate it to 
a level of maybe that artisanal uh, type of flair, uh, but still be economical, not one that, because there are some chocolate places, especially when you're dealing with truffles and so forth, that might be a little bit more expensive and maybe what might seem out of your price range. Um, but yeah, I, I gotta say, this might be within your price range that you'd like. So if you want to find out more about um, price, you know, prices and the various types of chocolates that they offer, three, the number three, now don't try to spell out three, it is the number three some chocolates. So the number three, S-O-M-E chocolates, C-H-O-C-O-L-A-T-E-S.com. And by going there, you'll find out more about them. I think I'll do one or two more. Uh, but there's seven. <laughs> uh, here's one I thought was kind of interesting. Um, because of the aesthetics. Aesthetics, sometimes aesthetics, or the way something looks, or how it's presented. Presentation is everything. I've learned that. And I think... And that's not just within like the chocolate world. Um, I learned that early on from being a chocolatier, but then also going out to restaurants. Presentation is everything. And even though uh, you, it doesn't have to be totally perfect, because you know, I was watching a show last night where I'm thinking presentation is uh, uh, presentation is specifically it has to be a clean bowl or whatever no um depending upon where you are if the food is really good i think you know it's not a matter of does it have a is it a pristine plate uh maybe depending upon if you're in a fine dining restaurant i don't know i'm not that type of person <laughs> that's why this show is called the unbougie foodie because yeah i i just want the food to be good <laughs> you know, hello, my tagline is really, it's all about the food. I mean, that's other that's other niceties that come along with it. The presentation, a clean plate, um, utensils that are just sparkling and so on and so forth. Yeah. Philip Ashley Chocolates, uh, that's why I'm coming to them, or why I'm mentioning all about aesthetics. Everyone could truly appreciate the way chocolate actually looks i mean i think if you put out hershey's hershey's chocolates like the kisses just unwrapped and placed out there people would kind of like go a little bit gaga over them but here these are uh philip uh, ashley chocolates again black owned these are luxury chocolates. And when you visit their website, again, philipashleychocolates.com, they're described as being luxury, a luxury chocolate boutique. And, you know, they have a variety of different types. Um, I can't even describe to you some of this, some of these. They have areas of bestsellers that they have available. Uh, Corporate gifts, uh, uh, they describe a tasting guide. So 
it's just it's just elevated you really would have to actually visit you i would encourage you to visit the website to find out more about them i mean they talk about designer chocolates um, some of their signature collections that they have available the truffles that they that they produce um yeah so luxury chocolate boutique i'll say it's a beautiful website uh anybody is interested in offering chocolates and you know dang i don't think we i don't think we have any here in minneapolis do we anybody know any black owned chocolatiers here in <laughs> minneapolis i don't think we have any darn because i would go just for just because of the fact that you know they are nominated company and they are have my favorite delectable in their possession <laughs> okay I think we have time for one more which is you know this was one that kind of caught my attention early on it's called 57 chocolate 57 chocolate uh, they describe them as being revolutionary artisanal chocolates that are made from uh, as they call them bean to bar by a dynamic duo of Pan-African sisters. Uh, and again, in Ghana, chocolate, they describe it as 57 chocolate is on a mission to revive Ghana's 1957 can-do spirit. So they are raising the chocolate bar is what they, what they state. Um, so their website, you know, if you'd like to find out more about them is 57 www.57chocolategh.com again 57 chocolate gh so gh yeah um but they have it's a very simple website um but it focuses more on the chocolate and you go to the page you see this wonderful piece of chocolate and packaging that is I, I'll just have to say, I'll, I will say that it is reminiscent of artwork on the outside that would remind folks of, uh, if you are from um, the continent of Africa or have African roots, you look at this chocolate and you're like, that's, that's something that I feel that would be wonderful to taste. It is different. It is not a lot of, I'll just say fluff. <laughs> uh, they, I was just scrolling down and they have, I believe it's described as being Adinkra bars, Adinkra, A-D-I-N-K-R-A. -A. Uh, they are bite-sized bars that are engraved with visual symbols that, um, are originally created by the Ashanti uh, of Ghana. Uh, they talk about pricing and so on, but how they actually put these together, uh, and they're just wonderfully made. They're really, can I just say that they're pretty? <laughs> I, I don't know, I don't wanna go into too much into it, but the, they're really nice, Adinkra, Adinkra bars. Uh, they also just have 
regular bars of chocolate too. So there's of course uh, dark chocolate, dark chocolate with sea salt, um, dark chocolate with almonds, um, dark chocolate with coconut, with toasted coconut. And then there's a, a one, two, three, four. There's a fifth one. I'm not sure which one that one is, but I would love to find out because it's like it's pink or a rose color. Hmm. Some folks probably don't like dairy in their chocolate. One of the things they br brought out is that in their dark chocolate specifically, it doesn't contain any type of dairy. So maybe that's something that ap appeals to you. Um, you know, that could certainly be the case. Anyway, again, all these various chocolate bars, the artwork, whoever their artist is that comes up with the, with the artwork, um, is really, really skillful. Um, here they have a mocha latte um, chocolate bar. It's white chocolate, coffee flavored. You know, that could either be with almonds, toasted coconut. Gosh, that's beautiful. There's so much more that you could find out about 57 chocolate because, you know, it talks about branding. Maybe you want to give these as, as gifts or so forth, but you know, you could definitely, again, visit their website, 57chocolategh.com, um, and find out so much more about them. I mean, there are other items that you uh, can learn about, and I don't know, gosh, it almost seems like they'll put something together for you. Um, they have a story, they have talk about, you know, this is a, a more of, you know, these sisters that are actually doing this together. Yeah, Kimberly and Priscilla Addison. Go ahead, sisters. <laughs> I love it. And I loved how they put um, each one of them have their favorites. Like Kimberly, hers is dark chocolate with sea salt. And uh, uh, Priscilla, hers is um, uh, from their line, 57 Chocolate. Priscilla's is 55% milk chocolate with almonds and sea salt. Uh, yeah. I love that. Gosh, I tell you folks, you know, when you get caught up into f talking about fun stuff and good stuff, I'm sorry, for me, it's chocolate. Uh, it is still food, but I'm just saying that I think uh, finding out, that's why I really wanted to kind of like talk about um, this particular article. Um, there was still one other, Chocolate Secrets and Wine Gardens. Um, do we have time for that one? I think we have time for that one really quick. That one is mychocolatesecrets.com. Um, and again, that's Chocolate Secrets and Wine Gardens. Um, but again, their website is mychocolatesecrets.com. Um, very likewise, these are artisanal. Um, you could actually see these are very creatively done. And here's another one. Um, this one is in there's in Dallas, Texas, um, 30, 3926 Oak Lawn Avenue, Dallas, Texas, 75219. Um, gosh, they have truffles, sports collection. Let's go. Let's. I'm sorry. I have to go there and see what they're talking about. The sports collection. Oh, my goodness. OK, so. <laughs> 
I'm just going to say that if you go and visit this website, mychocolatesecrets.com, and you go through their sports selection, um, yeah, they've got some really huge, um, <laughs> they've got a football, regular size chocolate football, regular size chocolate basketball, <laughs> a regular size chocolate soccer ball, uh, yeah, regular size regular size chocolate baseball i know i could have just simply said these are all regular size and just went down the line but it on this page it says that these uh sports figures can are made in hand or by hand in dark milk and white chocolate um, there is never any wax or any artificial uh, preservatives that are are used um, in creating them uh yeah wow um Sometimes it's the simple things that just kind of, oh, see, okay. Now I went to, <laughs> this is just funny. I went to, uh, still on the same website, mychocolatesecrets.com. They have a section that's called Texas Collection. Well, I went there and wouldn't you know that they actually have boot chocolate boots? <laughs> You have to go, you'd have to visit the website to understand what I'm talking about, folks. Uh, they even would actually put your name on, on the chocolate, too, as well. So, <laughs> that's crazy. Anyway, oh my goodness. I, I'm glad I got that last one in because that it seemed like it was a highlight. <laughs> Once again, that's mychocolatesecrets.com um, if you're interested in finding out. Gosh, thank you so much. That is our show. Here we are at the the top of the following hour i want to thank you so much um, as always for joining me i'm here every saturday right here on weqy at 10 a.m um, and i'll say that weqy 104.7 the voice of the east side every saturday at 10 a.m uh, as i end every show i want to encourage you never to let anyone tell you what type of foodie to be because what do I always say? It is all about the food. <laughs> now, until next time, <laughs> peace and taste it. Unbougie food day.